Okay, let's get into the message. Are you ready? I'm going to have to cut, cut, cut. But anyhow, through photography, and that is for the people in Donovan, that's taking pictures. <laughs> we can capture in time, and at a later date, we look back on those pictures that, it's a revisit of the pictures that we took, and, uh, and we can enjoy those, those times past and days gone by. In a similar way, opening lines to books captures our imagination as a recurring theme of a story like a book line, like a story of a, a book, and it gives us a snapshot of things to come. As we read the Bible, we need to see how we fit into this story. <clears throat> and the greatest opening line of any story is Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And there wasn't anything that was made unless he made it. And then it came along, and then he, 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 he told his son, you know, I want you to go down there in human form. I want you to live a life down there. I want you to just be perfect in every way. So Jesus came down. The Son of God became the Son of Man so all of us could become the sons of God. So this is why that, that it happened like this. And so um, let me just give you a couple opening lines of some books that, that I've some I have read, but some I have attempted to read and didn't finish. For an example, The Tale of Two Cities, Charles Dickens says, It was the best of times and it was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom and it was the age of foolishness. And it's the second most popular book uh, next to the Bible that is written. And C.S. Lewis, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, he, say, he starts out this, Once there were four children, it was Peter, Susan, Edmund, and Lucy. Simple lines that acquaint us with the characters of a story. And so whenever you read the Bible, find yourself in the story here, regardless of what storyline it may be going on. And you, we're going to talk about one today in just a few minutes here. And um, there's another one here, The Restaurant at the End of the Universe. I thought that was a fan. I, now, I haven't read that one, but I was reading about it, and it says, In the beginning, the universe was created. This made a lot of people very angry, and it's been widely regarded as a bad move. And it was a broad statement, but that was the opening line of that book. And so the ending of that story, it's where the guests were, were enjoying a meal while the universe was being destroyed. And it's got a biblical theme because heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So you can see that some of these books that we're talking about here, and I'm skipping quite a few of them, but I was... Um, I saw a cartoon. Cartoon. It was uh, Snoopy was on the doghouse, and he was trying to write a novel with reoccurring themes. And so Lucy, she comes out and she says, "Well, how does it start out?" And he said, "Well, once upon a time." And she says, "That's a horrible way to begin a story." So um, the title of the message today, though, let's get right into that. It was a dark and stormy night. Ah. Isn't that a good one? Okay, John 6, 15 and 17. Let's, let's look at that. Now, when the evening came, the disciples went down to the sea, and they got into the boat. So the evening came. It was a dark night, and it was already dark, and Jesus had not come with them. So it was a dark and stormy night. Verse 18, the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. It was a stormy night. So the story begins, but the only problem with this story is Jesus was missing in action. 
because he was on the mountaintop praying, and he told the disciples, I want you to go across the Sea of Galilee to Capernaum. So they already had their assignment, so they were on the way, and it was a beautiful day just hours before. I mean, they, they, would, they had witnessed some very exciting things. There was the feeding of the 5,000 with only five loaves and two fishes. So they witnessed a tremendous miracle. And they said, man, what a, what a, what a guy this is. I mean, they were, they were going, how did he do that? Have you ever wondered how he turned, you know, that into the water into wine as well as feeding 5,000 people with, five, with seven loaves or five loaves and two fishes? I find that very interesting, how he did that. But he did it by faith. That's exactly how he did it. And so, but they didn't understand because their hearts were hardened. And then the storm came up. And they saw the storm coming and it was starting to get dark, not only because the sun was, because the clouds were, the violent clouds were just storming and the sea was raging and water was getting in the boat. They were bailing out the boat and they were trying to, row this thing to, to shore. But the most important part of this story was someone was missing, and it was Jesus, because he was still up there praying for them. Some storms we create ourselves, but the disciples were here just being obedient. You know, stuff happens sometimes because you're just being obedient. Things will happen in your life, and, it will, and this was a dark and a stormy night, not of their own development, but because they were just being obedient to Jesus. You know, the plot to this story begins like a, like a Hallmark movie. You know, it's really, and Linda has got me hooked on some of these Hallmark movies. <laughs> you know, you know they, someone comes home for Christmas. <laughs> and so, and on the way home, the car broke down, and then this beautiful, handsome guy finds the lady that was in distress, and he helps her back home. Have you ever seen that one? I saw, I've seen that one. I saw that one. And so, um, but then you got to look for a crisis because everything's going good. And then they get ready to go home and there's a crisis occurring because they fell in love while they were there. And so the end, uh, the crisis, really, and then you look to see how this thing is resolved. So there's a resolution to the story that will come about. But, you know, and then after the resolution and all is well that ends well, Right. And so that story ends, and they live to be happily ever after. And so they get on with their lives. But before I get too far into this story, I want you to look at me with the Hebrews' viewpoint of the sea, how they viewed the sea, the Sea of Galilee. And um, the Jews viewed the sea, it was one of dread. They They viewed the sea as a symbol of evil and of dominion, a type of tribulation and evil. It was really a... Fearful thing to even get on the sea. This is why every father taught their kids how to swim. That's one of the things that they did. I did a message on Father's Day on what, they, what the Hebrews' fathers, how they taught their kids and what they taught their kids. But one of those things was, was how to swim. And so, um, for an example, Revelations 21.1 says, There's a new heaven and a new earth because the first had passed away and also, there was no more sea. Remember that one? And also, Daniel 7, 2, Daniel was saw in his vision at night, the four winds of the heaven were stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea. The second bear that came up out of the sea, it, was, it devoured much flesh. So the view of the sea, from the Hebrews' point of view, 
was fear and dread and dominion and trepidation and, and evil. That's why that there's no more sea in heaven, the new heaven and the new earth that he's made. Now back to the storyline. Look at the positioning of the characters. Jesus was on shore on the mountaintop. The disciples were in a boat in the middle of the sea. And the Sea of Galilee was about eight miles wide. So they were four miles out at sea. And it was a dark and stormy night. And the boat was really being tossed and driven by the wind. And my first question is, is that Jesus, the Bible says, saw them straining at trying to row the oars and keep the boat up, upright. So, God, I want you to know this, that Jesus knows when you are facing a dark and a stormy night. He knows it, and he knows where you are, right in the middle of it. And some of you may be here today, and you're facing something very dark, and you're fearful of it. You're not knowing how the outcome is going to be. I just want you to know, Jesus already sees what's taking place. So just keep that in mind. Now, he sees you even though you don't think he can. Remember the story, everyone will have a dark and a stormy night. Now, can you see yourself in that story? Because everyone in here has had a dark and a stormy night. Everybody. But you've got to see yourself in hell. So recognize that Jesus saw them. And then the Bible says he came to them walking on the sea. And the, the very thing that causes fear and dread and trepidation and dominion and evil, Jesus was walking on top of it. So now the plot thickens. This really gets good. In Mark 6, 48, do you have that, Haley? Put that up there, would you please? Mark 6, 48 says, is it up there? Oh, this one's not, TV's not working. It says, and he would have passed them by. Isn't that an interesting phrase? Jesus knew it was a dark and a stormy night. He knew that they were struggling at trying to get this boat afloat and keep it afloat and get it to shore. And yet the Bible says, and he would have passed them by. I've noticed that several times. Every time I read that, I, I said, what in the world? And I think I had a revelation. Jesus had already pronounced a destination for his disciples to arrive in Bethsaida. And if God, Jesus says it, and he, Jesus is God, so if God said it, it's gonna, they're going to make it. So I've got to thinking that, you know, even though we're going through a dark and a stormy night, it could be that God lets us just wrestle with some things long enough so that we can recognize that he is able to deliver us from every evil, from every sickness, from every ailment that we may have. So their arrival was already predetermined, but here is the turning point that captured the attention of Jesus. And this, everyone, you got you to learn to do this. The Bible says, they cried out. They saw Jesus walking on the waters. They all saw him, and they were troubled. They were terrified. They were, the, their spirits were stricken with fear and dread, and to perplex the mind was suggesting doubt. And, he, and imagine, they said, hey, there's a possibility. We're not going to make it unless Jesus gets into our boat. And this is what happens so many times. Whenever you're in trouble, we dial 911, right? And if you dial 911, if you don't dial 911, you're going to have to fight this thing through yourself. So 911, there's nothing wrong with, with calling for Jesus. You know, there was a place I was reading in Psalms that David said, help! You know, it was just one of those things. He just cried out because in his distress. He needed a 911 call answered. Don't try to call 911. There may be here, but in a lot of places, you dial 911, you'll be there for the rest of your life waiting for them to show up. 
But they saw Jesus, and they cried out, verse 29 says, and immediately he talked with them. (laughs) Well, what did he say? Hey, be of good cheer. I mean, does Jesus know what in the world we're going through? We're out here. It's a dark and a stormy night, and we're about ready to sink, and he's telling us, be of good cheer. Take courage. How in the world could he say that whenever the, their insides were churning more than the sea was? You must be kidding me. They were scared spitless. And so here we go. So he said, put a smile on your face, guys. I'm here. I'm here with you. I'm, with, I'm in the boat. And not only that, <clears throat> he's saying, be of good cheer whenever there's a storm going on. Is he saying that because the storm, he's trying to get them to see another viewpoint that he is, he is the savior of the world. He is the redeemer of every one of us. He is the healer of our body and he is the captain of our destiny and he will lead us to our final destination. So he says, it's I, do not be afraid. You know, Psalms 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why is that? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. And you know, this is why that our focus is not going to be on the triumph of evil, but it's going to be on the, uh, even though the influence of evil is all around us, you know, if we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, keep walking, don't stop. And this is why you'll make it to the other side. This is why Jesus, you know, he's, he's there. He's always got a, a, positive, a different outlook. You know, be of good cheer. Come on, guys, cheer up. It's me. I'm here. I'm with you. Not because the sea was, was raging, but because the presence and the power of Jesus was right there in the middle of their lives and in the boat. Now, here's the other thing that really got sort of like, whenever Jesus gets into your boat, the wind and the waves settle down to normal. In other words, your environment will change once you get Jesus into your boat. And peace instead of chaos, love instead of hate, and, you know, compassion instead of revenge and forgiveness rather than resentment. There is that feeling that everything's going to be okay whenever Jesus gets into your boat. But John 6, 21 says, now this is the same story, but looking at it from John's point of view. And this is how John recalled the story. John 6, 21. They willingly received Jesus into the boat, and look at this, immediately they were where they were going. Now keep in mind, they were already in the middle of the sea, four miles out at sea, But their destination was zap, and here they were. Isn't that amazing? Jesus does some amazing things. He can expedite your chaos and your confusion. He can get you out of that in a hurry. So he can expedite your destination zone and bring good cheer to your life. Now, I'm going to relate a story that happened a couple weeks ago, and this was a real-life story. And so if Jesus is in your life, in your boat, you're not going to sink, right? So Joe and I have a boat, and um, a couple weeks ago, we pulled it out of the river. And Joe said, is there water in the boat? I said, yeah, so I'm going to, I'll take the plug out, we'll drain it. So I took the plug out, and we drained it. And then Joe decides to, a couple of weeks ago to put the boat back into the river. 
but he forgot to put the plug in. Now, so he backs it down, and I push it off, not knowing that I assumed that he had put the plug in. Never assume anything. But anyhow, when we, we pushed it off, and it sat there for about an hour, and Joe, went, he came down, and, and he, said, he said he saw these, everything floating, the life jackets, the, the seats. And so, so here the boat had sunk, and it was on a rock, though. You know, whenever you get your life on the rock, you're not going to sink totally. But there was a devil of a boat came by, and whenever the boat came by, those waves began to just roll in and sunk the boat. So, uh, whose fault was that? <laughs> I'm not blaming Joe. I took the plug out. But on the other hand, he didn't put the plug in. So Paul Harvey, the rest of the story is this. Now, the names have changed here to protect the guilty. <laughs> Peter took the plug out of the boat. And James or John, or another name that starts with a J, forgot to put the plug back in. But they launched the boat and it sunk. That's a Jerry Moore translation. It's not New King James, okay? So in the story, though, it was a dark and a storm. But let me just, you know what happened after that, according to the Jerry Moore translation? So now the disciples are taking water-walking classes. And Peter is the first one to sign up. <laughs> so now he can walk on water because he saw his master and his Savior, Jesus, walk on water. Amen? So... Here's to recap the story. It was a dark and a stormy night, and Jesus was on the mountain praying. You know, have you thought about this? He could have prayed that the storm would stop. And you know what? The winds and the waves obey him. But he didn't pray that the storm would stop. As a matter of fact, he didn't even pray that they would not even be afraid. So he, he was on the, on the bank praying, and Jesus saw them straining it, trying to keep the boat afloat. And he came to them walking on the water and would have passed them by, but they cried out. Now, there's a key right there. Anytime you are in trouble and you are in chaos, you better cry out to Jesus, God, I need your help. And he will, he will always be there. He will get into your boat. He will get into your life. He will get into your environment. He will get into your situation and help you through the storm because it was a dark and a stormy night. And as soon as they got in, the storm ceased, and they were immediately at their destination. Now, let's just get personal. Can you see yourself in that story? If you can, you know, you, you've probably been through a dark and a stormy night of the soul. There's been prolonged illnesses, perhaps your marriage, you have marriage problems, financial struggles, and you need relief, you need help, you need assistance, and you need aid right now. So you got to call out to Jesus. you got to call out to Jesus. He is where the help is. And there will be some immediately happen to you. So, today, what I want to do, <clears throat> I don't want to embarrass anybody, but everybody, about just close your eyes and just listen to me for a minute. 
How many would say, Pastor, I am going through a dark and a stormy trial, even though on the outside everything looks good? Would you just raise your hand? Yeah. Okay. Quite a few hands. Okay, I'm going to ask you something right now. Uh, why don't you look at me right now? Everybody just look up here. Everyone that raised your hands, and even though you, you may be going through a dark and a storm, you may be coming out of a dark and a stormy night. If you want to just, I just want you to come forward because God is going to do something here. This, I had a lot of other things to add in too, but this didn't, didn't go. But this is the way it's going to go down. The Holy Spirit is going to manifest Jesus to your life. So all those that raised your hand, would you come down here because God's going to meet you. Come on down. God's going to meet you. Jeremy and Nina, would you all, and Curtis and Ginger, would you all, Linda, would you all come up here and just be, <clears throat> how many are standing here in front of me, but you, you've never really accepted Jesus, would you just say yes, raise your hand, okay, Brandon, you haven't accepted, so right now, uh, Jeremy, would you go to Brandon and just lead him to the Lord, and by the way, after we get through there, Brian, have you been baptized, no, okay, we're going to have a baptismal service, and Brian, and and uh, and Brandon, you're gonna we're gonna baptize both of you, and we've got several other people that we we'll need to baptize too. But go ahead and lead him. But go ahead and lead him to the Lord. The Bible says, if you believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. If you will confess Him, not your sins, not your sins. If you will confess the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. This is how you get saved. I mean, God knows, he's up there, he doesn't keep a list of all your sins. I mean, he knows we all are sinners, and we need to be saved by the grace of God. So, um, anybody else? We'll just wait for a minute, because God's going to do something here. It's a dark and a stormy night that you may have been going through, but God is wanting to, you to recognize that he is the one that calms the storm he is the one that stills it. He is the one that brings you immediately to a different destination, to a, to a destination that he wants you to come to. So everybody, let's stand and stretch your hands forward to them. <clears throat> and Jerry, too, and the musicians, come on back up. We're going to get ready to sing, give up and let Jesus take over. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, stretch your hands forward. For the, these people that are up here and they're going through a dark night of the soul, and God, they may have already been through it, and the residual effect of that dark night is still hanging on, and they're still carrying around baggage. In Jesus' name, you are, that baggage is dismissed. And the power of the Holy Spirit is right now infusing their heart and their spirit. So, Father, I thank you that the power of Jesus immediately is bringing a solution to this problem. Father, I thank you that the power of the Holy Spirit right now is here. Sean, I got a word for you. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. I got a word for all of you. Everything's going to be all right. Because Jesus is in your boat. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So right now, let's just begin to sing, give up and let Jesus take over. <clears throat>